Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. It's been a good morning already, hasn't it? Yeah, so exciting. We've had some good, good worship. We've had some deep prayer over the the world, over our country, over you, over one another. We've had great testimonies. Isn't that awesome? Hearing every age generation, whether it's rhythm and rhyme or now it's time, they've been just declaring Jesus is Lord. Isn't that awesome? Oh yeah, yeah, you you can celebrate. Yeah. We do have a practice in the house, in case you're newer, of um, cheering and celebrating lots. And I want you to know if you are newer to this, it's not, they're not cheering and celebrating for the person right up here on the platform. They're celebrating for the one and only God. And that's who we come to worship and believe in and walk by faith in. So get comfortable celebrating. It's okay because our praise truly does go to God. And I'm excited to uh, step in on this moment too of our 38th birthday and acknowledge that God's been doing something for 38 years. And as Nick said, he's going to keep doing it, but he's not done yet. Before you get too comfortable, I'm going to invite everybody who's in the room, would you just stand up if you're, if you're able, comfortable too? Would you stand up and just join me for a moment? And what I want to acknowledge is, is over the last uh, two years, lots of stuff's been changing and going on. But there's a number of people, I think, that have been checking out Koinonia to see if it would be their home church and if this would be a spot where you can grow to get to know God. So there's a number of new faces. I'm hearing this even when we could only see part of our faces uh, out in the foyer. Um, A number of people have said, man, there's a lot of new people around here. So what I want to do is acknowledge the people who have been here for two years or less. So if you've been here two years or less, I'm going to give you the opportunity just to sit down right where you are. So if you've been here two years or less, sit down in church. Let's just celebrate and give thanks to God for people who are, yeah, newer here. Yeah. Now, I also acknowledge that as God has been building his house, his church, as we are 38 years, I'm going to pick the next number, say half of 38, 19. So if you've been here 19 years or less, I'm going to invite you to sit down too, all right? Because that would, that would be us too, seated down, and just acknowledging some who've been here that long. And so let's give thanks to God for these folks too, who've been in the house. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if those who are online who are standing right now, so thanks for joining us if you're doing this online. But there are a number of people still in the room who've been here more than 19 years. And those of you seated, I wanted you to see some of them. And this is only just a partial representation. But there have been a number of people, these people represent them, who believe that God has a purpose and vision for Koinonia. And so that's why they're still here, praying, believing, and cheering God on. As, they, as you are seated, would we also give thanks and praise for everybody who's standing? Yeah. And anyone who is 38 years, Nick was saying, is there anyone in the room who's 38 years old? Anyone who's reached that milestone, you know that you don't stay the same forever. That as we age, we change, don't we? 
And as a church, Koinonia has changed many times over the years. It has changed in lots of ways. But something that is the same is that Jesus is the heart of Koinonia. Jesus is the heart. Jesus is Lord and Savior, and that's not changing. And this morning as we come, I want to take the opportunity just to refresh a bit of our vision language around the mission that God has called us to as a whole house. I want to speak some fresh vision about what the, the great commission that God gave to us to say, carry this out. And I'll give you context of why I'm bringing this fresh vision today. Because we as a church need to be ready to flex, and if it's okay if I use the word pivot a little bit, because the times have changed, and times are different than they've ever been in the history of mankind. And I'm acknowledging that because the message hasn't changed, but our methods have to change on how we communicate the message in our world right now in 2022. My heart is heavy along with Rebecca's when she led us in prayer for what's happening between Russia and Ukraine and, and all people caught in, caught in the crossfire. And so as we step in and talk about fresh vision, we're not, we're not ignoring the pain, the warfare, the violence that's happening. We don't support it. But we're, we're not ignoring it, but we're stepping in to say, God, we believe you're the God who can bring change in every part of this world. So show us how you want to continue to do it in us right here in Canada, because it feels very different than Ukraine. If, if I were leading us as a church and we were in Ukraine today, man, the thoughts would be different this morning, wouldn't they? Would we be underground? Could we meet with this size of group? I think if we were a church in Ukraine, you would be weeping with one another. You would be praying with one another. You would be collecting food for one another. You would literally probably be carrying one another. Those are sobering thoughts, aren't they? The Bible is filled with 50 plus verses about one another. And it doesn't matter if our church is in Ukraine or if it's in Bloomingdale situated in the region of Waterloo. We're to walk out caring and loving and doing life with one another. This is some of the fresh vision context that I want to bring to us this morning. Because church, recognize that scripture focuses in on there is a spiritual war that is happening all around us. And if we're oblivious and we think it's just going to go away, it's going to take us out before we know what's hit us. We need to be ready to step forward and say, God, bring your peace and victory right here in this community of Koinonia that is able to gather in this campus, but the community of Koinonia that's still gathering online, God, bring your presence and purpose to us to walk out in the fullness of what this year is going to look like. Koinonia has had core kingdom values since its beginning, and those aren't changing. Do you remember what they are? This isn't a test. But if you visited the website or you've prayed into the mission of Koinonia, you know that Koinonia has a core value of the mission, the mission that God has called us to share his love with the world. Another core value is worship. And that's why we take a significant time when we gather together to, to turn songs of praise back to God. And oh, I wish I had twice as long this morning. My mind runs when we worship. 
Because when we sang graves into gardens, I was thinking of some who in the past year, there was a grave with their name on it and we said no. And we prayed that they would have a garden of beautiful flowers, roses, and life to walk into. I'm thinking of some who are in this room with that. So when we worship, it's powerful. We have another core kingdom core value of servanthood. We have another kingdom core value of stewardship. And then the fifth one is generations. We believe in the generations. And that's why it was so cool to see all the generations getting baptized this morning and acknowledging Jesus as Lord. And as we come together, the summary of the mission that God has given to Koinonia was to be building relationships with God, with one another, and with the whole world. And we began to press into that and say, so God, where does that come from? And we know it comes from his word. It comes from the two greatest commandments that he's given us. Two greatest commandments. These ones I'll test you on. Well, no. You can answer them in your head. But the first one is we are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then out of that great commandments, he's given us the great commission. He's commissioned us to go into this world, into all places, our world, our realms, and to share the love of Jesus, the good news that Jesus brings life to us. That's what shaped who Koinonia started, where Koinonia started as a church. But we began to ask in the last two years, so we had time to ask, God, how do we be a church right now? This world is changing. The church demographic is changing. Waterloo region is changing. How do we be your church right now? And that was something we pressed into over these past two years. And, and I, as I share the message this morning, I also want you to know that the church staff, the team that I work with, put some of this message together. And I'm going to give them credit as we go along here because they added to this message this morning. Our senior team of leaders began this process last summer and we began praying into, Lord, how do we be the church right now? And I got questions at times to me last summer, last year, saying, Brian, when are we going to open a second service? When are we going to do more? When are we going to do the things we've done before? And I said, oh, slow down, slow down. We're coming before God and asking him, God, how do we do your mission in light of this pandemic effects of the world? Because we didn't want to open the doors of Koinonia for 30 days or 60 days. We weren't thinking, even thinking of how do we stay open for Christmas? What we were praying into was how do we take this message into the world for all time that no pandemic can stop it? And so we took time to pray. We took time to press in. We had consults with different groups and different meetings and leadership times to say, God, how do we do this here and now? Because we want nothing to stop the message of God getting to the hearts of people in this world. Amen? I facilitated a funeral memorial service yesterday afternoon in a tiny little living room that we were allowed to have four pe 14 people in all in the same space. It was yesterday. And the man who had passed away during the last two years was somebody who was in my life 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago I was counseling he and his wife. We were discipling his daughter. We were sharing the love of Jesus with them. And it is now 20 years later that, that he was, ex before he died, expressing his faith and belief in Jesus. 
Friends, what we are talking about today is to plant seeds so God can water them that will have growth way beyond three or four months. This is to see God do things and bring people into his kingdom continuously for five years, 10 years, 20 years. Are you with me? It's not just to see how do we do it for 2022. We're praying in God, show us how to, how to be your light in this world that is never ending. So let me bring some refresh to this mission and vision. Part of our prayer times, we're asking God, why do we exist as a church? What's our purpose for taking up some property and having a room with the lights on and you know, paying the expenses of heat so we can gather together? And as we wrestled through that little simple question, right? Why do we exist as a church? I'm sure if I open it up right now to ask you, we would get a dozen different answers. <laughs> but we pressed it down to one answer, narrowed it right down. God, this is why we believe you called us to exist as a church. It is to show and to share the love of Jesus Christ. Simple, easy to remember. To show and to share the love of Jesus Christ. And that comes out of gospel truth, that Jesus said, love one another, and then go and communicate that love to others. It's in John chapter 13, where John records Jesus saying, a new command I give you today, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this new command that I just gave you today, everyone will know that you are my disciples. It's by loving, by showing and sharing the love of Jesus Christ, that people are going to know that we are following God. And they're going to want to get in on that. So we then ask the question, okay, if God, that's why we exist, how do we do this? How do we do this in light of all that's changed in the world? We're familiar with what we could do as koinonia in the past 10, 20, 30 years. But Lord, how do we do this now and today? How do we do it when it's a day and age that people are divided over issues? We know we are. It's a day and age we know that things have been said that we wish we could take back or maybe we don't want to take them back and there's disagreement about that. It's a day and age when people are angry and frustrated. How do we share the love of God when there's anger and frustration so visibly around us? How is love possible to prevail and be the message that we communicate as a church if that's what God's called us to? We believe, I believe very clearly in a and, and I'm in passion, I'm st standing strong on this. Our staff is, is, is cheering this on. Our elders and leaders are saying yes, that we believe God's stirring up something new in us to refresh this vision of showing and sharing the love of Jesus in a whole new way than Koinini has ever done it before. And as we step into it, the world is gonna see that we are the real deal. They're going to see something authentic in us. They're going to see something eternal in us. Because I believe that's what the world is longing for. I know that's what my soul is longing for. That in each one of us is something longing for something more than just temporary, more than a 24-hour fix, more than a seven days of the week or, or a year fix. God, there's something within us desiring what is eternal. And only the living God can meet that need.
And so as we step into this real deal part of showing and sharing the love of Christ, what we recognize, the next question was, God, then how do we, how do we operate? How do we function? What does that look like for us? How do we treat one another so that others can see your love in our lives? And it came down to, we summarized again, there's a whole lot of whiteboards and brainstorming, drafting and all kinds of stuff going on. But we summarized it down to three elements that if we operate in these three elements, then we're going to be able to show and share the love of Christ. And I'm going to give them to you. They are health, humility, and teamwork. And I'm going to unpack what those are and the scriptures that are somewhat behind them and, and stirring. And I'm just giving you a kind of an overview. Some weeks, Pastor Nathan takes us in verse by verse by verse, right? And I love doing that too, sinking our teeth into the word. Today, I'm giving you a bit of an overview to see what, how this is going to affect us as we go forward. So let me first talk about health because these are the elements. If we have these, we're going to be able to show and share the love of Jesus so automatically that you're going to be like, whoa, people are getting it. They're seeing Jesus in us. Let me talk about health first. It was last fall that I introduced some of this fresh vision language to us as a church. I shared it with a number of you who volunteer regularly. And then the staff have been talking and churning and thinking out these concepts over the last eight months. And a couple weeks ago, I sat down with some of our team and I recorded this vision in a podcast format. So on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the team is going to be releasing the podcast of the Fresh Vision for Koinonia. So you're going to be able to hear these concepts and even more as we expanded on it. And so you can go to kcf.life slash podcast if you want to uh, subscribe to our podcast or you can follow us on YouTube. The, they did the video recording, so I had to have my hair looking good when I was doing the podcast. So it wasn't just my voice they were after. They want my looks as well. Why are you laughing? But you can catch more of this vision, and I believe it's going to be something that we park on and continue to let sink in so that we can walk it out with one another together. As we look at this, uh, I also want to share with you that in Staff Chapel, just this past Wednesday, three of our senior leaders took a hold of these truths and communicated them to the staff, and it was a powerful time. We were moved as a staff as we shared together and heard this vision and affirmed, yes, God is in this. One of our staff members said this after, and I read the quote directly. She said, I was struck by how each aspect works together, health, humility, and teamwork. It's difficult, if not impossible, to walk in humility if we're not emotionally healthy. Real unity or teamwork are only really possible with humility. Unity without humility often looks like dictatorship, which can still lead to teamwork, but is usually based on compliance rather than commitment. Compliance engages only our heads. We comply whether we agree or not, whereas commitment engages our heart and we are all in. I want you to know the staff is behind this vision. They're all in, and they're eager for us to hear it and walk it out. So let me get back to health. What is health about? Health is talking about our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, and our physical health. And again, I'm just going to touch on them very lightly this morning. In the past two years, our mental health has taken a toll, hasn't it? <laughs> 
I know my mind has felt like it's been spinning most days. What about this and what about that and answering this question, considering that and now, oh, this friend doesn't agree with that and how do I respond? And, and my mind has, taken, has been in a battle and then that affects my emotions. <laughs> and I'm like, God, what's the point? <laughs> And so many days I wanted to give up in the last two years. And I'd come back to either my family or the team and say, this is how I'm feeling, raw and honest with you. And we'd come back to the heart of God and he'd say, he will renew our minds and he will give us strength. I think of verses like Romans 12, verses one and two, that as we come to worship him, then he will transform and renew our minds. That's part of being healthy. And it's an ongoing process. Emotional health has to do with inner healing. Healing on the inside where there's stuff that we've taken offense to, where we've been hurt, somebody's attacked us, um, a wound in life. And we need to get some healing for the inner stuff that sometimes we don't show anybody, but we're really good at shoving it down until it reaches the surface and then we let it all out. And it's not pretty. Rebecca spoke about health to our staff this week, and she talked about how taking time to let God touch and heal the parts that we don't want anyone to see or deal with. We actually, at the end of March, have something called Encounter Weekend, where we take time Friday night and all day Saturday to focus in some true teaching of Jesus and the cross, and then allow God to reveal stuff in our lives that he wants to heal. Check out Encounter Weekend. It's about the biggest commercial I can give it to you right now, right? It's the last weekend in March, but God has done, oh, Alicia, Alicia, who was in the tank, if you saw her social media post on our Facebook group, she said she's coming back again to Encounter Weekend. How many times have you been? Just once, or this is your second time, and she is eager to be back because it was life-changing for her. Talk to Alicia this morning. Get ready. They're coming your way. Jesus said, in, in, recorded by Matthew in chapter 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest you find in this world can be very temporary, but I can give you rest that will renew your life and refresh you and revive you again. There are many lies that we believe in this world. Are you aware of that? There's many lies that the enemy tries to get in to the mental thoughts we have that are not from God. God didn't say them. They're, they're not what he wants us to believe. But the enemy wants to land lies with us to take us out. But Jesus said, come to me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who deletes the lies and will give you truth to live by that will transform your life. Health also has to do with spiritual health and physical health. Spiritual health starts with walking with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We could all talk to you about what does it mean to be in a, a faith-filled relationship with Jesus. We need to be spiritually healthy. Spiritually healthy doesn't mean just you read the Bible today. Spiritually healthy doesn't mean that you said grace for all three meals. <laughs> God wants to renew your spirit with his Holy Spirit. And we're going to stay focused on that as a community of growing spiritually healthy. And then I can speak about physical health as well. It's easy to ignore that one when chocolate cake is in the fridge or when we want to have something more that, that isn't healthy for us. And, and it's easy to ignore our physical, but God created this as well. And he gave it to us to steward and take care of. 
And if we are not physically healthy, it's pretty hard to be spiritually healthy or emotionally healthy. They all fit together. Let me take you into humility. Because these are the aspects that we want to operate by at Koinonia so that we can show and share the love of Jesus. Um, All right, I already pointed out Alicia. So the next person to point out is Pastor Dave. If you want to hear about humility, go chat with Pastor Dave. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to teamwork. No, no. (laughs) Pastor Dave shared humility with us as a staff this past Wednesday. And as he got up, he shared and he said, hey, man, I'm still working on this. (laughs) I battle with pride. I've got such good hair that, you know, when I look in that, oh, no, that's not exactly how you said it. No. You need to go to Dave and hear his journey and battle of wanting to walk in humility as a son of God. Dave quoted Isaiah 66, verse 2. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, who tremble at my word. This is God speaking to us. God's looking for those who are humble and who will yield and bow before his scripture and his truth. Matthew records, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Oh, man. I remember as a, as a young boy um, learning to ride a bicycle. And uh, I was pretty cocky and arrogant. I don't know. It's hard to believe. But this was a former lifetime, Okay. And when I learned to ride my bike, the coolest thing back then was to see if you could go no hands and how far could you go. I know some of you tried that on other motorized vehicles, but this was just bicycles, okay? And, and so the trick was to see if you could go around, literally around a neighborhood block without riding, without touching your handles, right? And so you get a reputation around the neighborhood. Well, we were, I lived in a small town, kind of like Elmira. It was up in northern Ontario. We had a fall fair, and there was a bike competition now, it wasn't my kind of bike competition. It was decorate your bike kind of competition, you know? And I'm like, you know, streamers and stuff. But, but hey, maybe I'll get to show off my bike skills. And so I, by my mom's urging with my sister, I participated in this. We decorated our bikes. And I remember being then, we had to parade in front of the judges while you rode your bike. And I just thought, this is my moment. And so we're lined up and getting ready to go. And the judges are there. And we do this big circle. And, and something stopped the, the row of bikes proceeding. And I thought, hey, this is my moment. I'm coming up in front of the judges. I can't ride no hands by not pedaling and going. And so I yelled out, who's slowing us down right now? <laughs> this is my humble moment. And my sister, who's two years older, <laughs> was bikes ahead of me in line. And her bike was decked out for decoration because she was there for that. Her, her front little basket was full of peony flowers. <laughs> and she couldn't keep the bike upright. She had so many peonies. And so it was my sister who had fallen over. And I watched the judges get up to help her. <laughs> well, I'm back here on my cocky bike saying, who's holding up the line? That was a time that God humbled me. If we don't humble ourselves, God's going to show us our pride pretty quickly. Sometimes in ways that we're embarrassed with. I haven't forgot that story. Do you want to know why? Because it's his way of continuing to remind me to walk humble. Close this. (laughs) Open these. And listen for him to speak. Philippians 2 
verses three, three through nine. Read them today. They are verses about walking in humility, just like Jesus did. One of our staff said, you know, as I hear you guys talk about humility, the battle to be humble in my, is in my mind. I don't post things, I don't yell, I don't start arguments, but I think a lot of thoughts up here. They were saying, I need to humble my mind and ask God to renew it. Let me bring some of this together for us this morning. There is so much, friends, that God is stirring in us that he wants us to walk in humility. The world doesn't need to know how good we are as koinonia. (laughs) The world needs to know how humble we are as we serve. Because when we do, they're going to see Jesus' heart inside of us. One of our staff said, two people walking in humility cannot help but get along. Is this a season when we need to walk in humility with one another so we can get along and others can see that love within us? Teamwork. Yeah, Pastor Nathan brought this one. And he almost didn't. (laughs) The Spirit of God was so moving in the room, he said he was the third person to get up. And he said, I almost couldn't say what I was going to say. The presence of God was just so real on us at Staff Chapel. You got to come and visit Staff Chapel. (laughs) Actually, we've got a position open for facility supervisor. If you apply for that, we can get you into, although I'm not supposed to do any more commercials. But we do have a position open. (laughs) Pastor Nathan quoted Dean Sherman, who's been a teacher who's influenced this house. Unity, teamwork, is found in corporate humility. You see how all these fit together? Unity, teamwork, is found when we all humble ourselves. Then we're going to be united as God's team together. There's a progression of health, humility, and teamwork. We can't walk in humility unless we're healthy. And we can't have authentic teamwork without humility. I'm only saying it once. Ask Pastor Nathan to repeat it to you. It it is powerful. He quoted the Harvard Business Review. You might be saying, Brian, why are you bringing up secular works for business? The Harvard Business Review, I was quoting scripture. And it was talking about the secrets of successful teamwork. And they said, you know what it is? It's this. It's a compelling vision. It's this. It's this. But what's missing in teamwork today is people will have a like mindset together. They will be of one heart and mind. Pastor Nathan goes, ding, ding, ding. That's Philippians chapter two. (laughs) Have the same heart and mind together. I love how God is weaving together what he's calling us toward, to walk in unity, to be a team together. And the only way it's possible for us to walk in unity is if we humbly submit ourselves to God to speak into our spirit, his health, and then he will bring us together as a team. Hmm. Pastor Nathan finished with talking about Jesus' prayer from John 17. And if you're familiar with this prayer, he was praying for you and I at this point. This was just moments before, days before the cross. And Jesus prayed, I want to be a part, uh, God, I want those I'm praying for to be one as you and I are one together. What I'm hearing Jesus say is, I want them to be on our team. 
I want them to be united, Father, like we are united. God makes it possible for us to come in unity as we walk in humility, as he heals our heart, our mind, our soul, and our body. How do I know God makes it possible? Is right here. Do you have your communion cups with you? Maybe you're at home. We're going to break bread and drink, recognizing and remembering Jesus. Hang on to them. Maybe don't even open them too quickly yet. I just want to make sure you had them. You guys are eager. This is good. But this is how we know God makes it possible for us to be healed on the inside as we receive life for all eternity. This is how we know that God makes it possible for us to humble ourselves and have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. This is how we know that unity is possible on this earth. And so as we gather for communion time, this little wafer represents the body of Jesus Christ. And for those of you who know, he went to the cross and his body was broken for us. The juice represents his blood that was poured out because there needed to be the pouring out of blood for the forgiveness of sins. That's the way the Father did it. And Jesus was that sacrifice for you and I. What I'm going to invite you to do is hang on to these elements. The worship team is going to step forward and they're going to sing a, a song called Greater. Listen into these words as they sing them out. Let them settle in your heart. And then I'm going to come back and lead us to consume as we pray together. Listen to these words. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.